Hey everyone, Niels here with some quick pre-show announcements again. First of all, thank you for listening, so let's get to it. We have a giveaway you can join through the link on our pin post on Twitter and our bio link on Instagram. If we make it to 500 listens, which we are well on the way to do, we will give away double the dice and that way also doubles the fun. Also, again, if you like what we do, follow us on your platform of choice, rate us or even review us, refer us to a friend, that way you can really help us. Thank you so much for your continued support of our little project. We're up to 20 episodes. I mean, can you imagine? Thank you so much from us and now enjoy the episode where we discuss one-shot design versus campaign design. Hello and welcome back to our 20th episode of Double DM Podcast. With me today is my lovely co-host Emil, as usual. How are you today? I am doing very, very good. I had my birthday this Friday, which was the 4th of June, and it was amazing. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was it was a wild one. Before anyone starts asking, everything was completely pandemic regulations friendly friendly yes we did nothing we did not meet up we did not meet anywhere we were basically all on discord hanging out playing video games and basically having just a fun time yeah and it was a fucking fun time yeah it's it it was really a fun time especially because we 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 as friends right as as that friend group we just not we, we we met we, we we are only as a group together because we play video games so yeah that's basically also one of the best birthdays obviously i would have loved it more if everyone would be with me at like my home and we would basically party and do some other stuff but ba- basically doing that what we actually do as a friend group normally just more condensed and planned was actually good as well it it was yeah, fun it, it was fun yeah um, the EA press conferences are coming up this next two weeks. Mm-hmm. And as people know from the last episode, we like video games. And I also love hearing about new video games. And the EA press conferences are the best place to do that. Uh, so I'm actually pretty hyped to watch some press conferences, cringe a little bit at presentations, look at new trailers and... Whatever celebrity this year will be on stages like Keanu Reeves or Pele. Let's see about it. But new game trailers are always, always interesting to see what is coming up in the next year or in the next two years even. It will be interesting to see where we can sink our money into. I'm still hoping for Bethesda's announcement of uh, another thing to the new uh, Elder Scrolls. But I think with uh, the success that online Blackwood has, they mm-hmm. will will only do uh, Elder Scrolls Online stuff this time, which might like they announced that like two or three years ago that there might that there might be something very new for Elder Scrolls, which isn't Elder Scrolls Online stuff. Yeah, so Elder Scrolls Six when right? 
Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah, but imagine this one, Elder Scrolls Six, with the graphics of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. And the bugs? Oh, obviously, <laughs> it's not a bug; it's a feature. Yeah, at this no, point, no, I'm not. I'm not, Bethesda, I'm not hoping Bethesda. for like the next two years. That's probably not possible. I I think that they might be doing like i don't know if there are any announcements i i only watched that ea once that there was something elder scrolls coming and i'm hoping probably that we get some sort of date or some sort of expectations this time like i just hope 2024 um, the next decade yeah, and the yeah next within de- the next decade would be nice if they announced it at like would be nice. 2019 there will be something this decade for that if if, if that's still true i i uh, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah, that's all we can do. So, was there anything for you except your awesome birth- birthday party that happened? Um, I had a session zero with um, Hope for TTRPGs, Cody Garrett Wells, and Duck from Nerdy Excursions for mm-hmm. our Call of Cthulhu um, stream campaign. Which will premiere on the nineteenth of June on Twitch uh, TV slash Nerdy Excursions. Um, yeah, this will be uh, after the base gang my first experience in streaming a campaign. I'm very frightened. Uh, You'll do good. You'll do fine. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. I I don't know. <laughs> As long as you're having fun, like we say on the show all the time, yeah, you're doing it right but and you're doing just fine. Like, this is just my imposter syndrome speaking up, but I know that as long as everyone at the table is having fun, nothing has been done wrong. But I always fear, especially if I'm with new people, that I am the one destroying the fun for them at the table. Uh, I can relate to that. So, I don't know. We will see. This episode here air- airs on the 13th. 13th of june so in exactly one week when you are listening to this on saturday i will be live at 4 p.m c.e.t till 8 p.m c.e.t at not 8 p.m 10 wait i'm dumb 16 16 p.m doesn't exist 4 p.m till 8 p.m this is it yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah i will be playing um a german pilot in the 1920s that moved to America to uh, po- for possibilities because 1920 Germany sucked. Um, yeah. So he moved there with his mother and now is basically going by as a pilot. He has some secrets, um, uh, uh, some scars from, from, from the military, from the war. But isn't a war... Yeah veteran actually which is quite fun um i don't know i don't know how this is gonna go i, I think it's go it will go good but i also um yeah i i don't know I'm, i probably will have fun it's the first time i'm actually playing call of cthulhu as a player hmm. i'm interested in seeing how this one will go mm-hmm. i'm too so um you have a session coming up in about three hours right Exactly. Um, yesterday, the DM called and said, hey, I'm going to DM a spontaneous session. Want to join? Uh, we're playing at level four. Make a character and see you in 
around 12 hours or so. Um, yeah, so I did that. And she allowed to use my own homebrew race, which I did with a friend of mine. Um, we homebrewed a half-only race for my own homebrew world, but it would fit in her own uh, homebrew world as well. So I, um, she allowed me to play it. And now I'm playing a half-only uh, Onomancy wizard, which I'm excited about with true name shit and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this is gonna go, what the goal is or anything, but yeah, I'm excited. And I got my double DM stuff ah, in the mail recently. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee from the double DM mug right now and it tastes that much better <laughs> just because of the logo. Just because and the of cap. the logo. It is... Mm, it is just beautiful. I love it. Mm, understandable, yeah. understandable. Um, and you told me about the new D&D book that was leaked today. Oh, yes, I did to told you about that. Yeah. Um, yes, there was a new D&D book leaked by Amazon again. Um, I normally am not the person to, to, to talk much about leaked stuff because it is leaked. Um, you don't know... Uh, like... This is only speculation right now, but it's a book which is supposedly uh, called The Wild Beyond, The Witchlight. The cover has some sort of carnival on it, making it very um, seem like it could be something like a carnival horror scenario uh, in the Feywild, maybe, which I have to say... I don't really like. Yeah, um, you need something else than just an adventure or something like that, I think, for that. Because um, as we talked about earlier, the Feywild isn't that explained in 5e mm. in comparison to the mm. material plane. Mm. Yeah, for me, the big problem is um, probably that... Anything they put like, okay, we have here this big carnival with a magic fairy jester horror scenario. I can basically make that myself. Obviously, it's fine if I get some stat blocks and uh, race options, um, uh, class options and whatnot. Problem being, I don't know if I can really work with that because it's probably not something like Tasha's Cauldron so it's not a perfect player op player book right it's not it's not a book that a player needs to get new character ideas it's maybe it's a, maybe it's a campaign setting like the Sword Coast Adventurers guide um where you just give this big fairy carnival adventure region and say play with that and that would be fine for me like i don't i i, I want stat block from a book i want stat blocks i want options and i want information lore right yes those three i need if i i can understand when when a book like tasha's gives me way more options but less lore and uh less information that's okay but i don't know what to expect from this book because if it's just player options that's fine 
if it's a scenario something like that i don't know if i want i would need that because what i would love is a lot of lore and information and options for the f specifically for the feywild but this carnival being on there this jester being on the cover makes me think that this might not be the case that this is just lore and options but rather an adventure set in the feywild again or not again but yeah, what i what i would love to get out of this is something like the icewind dale book mm. with some sort of campaign setting in the feywild explaining it a bit more with possible um starting adventures in there yeah th that would be fine but that would be the carnival the on the cover thing the jester on the cover and the, and everything that is basically the cover but that might allude to what is in the book does not appeal to me if it is just a carnival setting in the feywild i don't need that what i would love is yeah. if, if it is a feywild setting if it's just the feywild and they just chose this carnival because there is a carnival it, somewhere in the adventure they are providing but if that's basically everything there is, I don't need that. Like, I exactly. I want, like, the sent into Avernus, right? That's, uh, Elturel, the big city, gets dragged to the Nine Hells and you need to save it. Like, mm. that is fine, right? That Like, you have this, at the beginning you have this carnival and that's why it's undercover. But after that, it basically becomes a, an adventure through the Feywild, escaping or saving the Feywild and not just this carnival. If it's just this carnival, I don't want it. If it is no. really a lot of information and world building around the Feywild, that's fine because I can use that as inspiration for my own. I don't have actually to use what's in the book. I can make that up my own, but having something I can evaluate and look at, that would be fine. But... It maybe even is a full campaign, which would be fine again. I would have no problem with it being a campaign. The problem is if that campaign is only set on that carnival. <laughs> yeah, that would be like a collection of little one-shots. Mm. Like the Candlekeep Mystery or uh, Candlekeep Mysteries or the um, Tales of the Yawning Portal. That would be not ideal, I would say. Yeah. But something like Horde of the Dragon Queen, Icewind Dale... Or Descendant of Avernus with big lore stuff around it, like a complete module and campaign, that would be uh, a different story. Yeah, so so I I would have, I wouldn't have a problem with, with it just being a collection of one shots. But the problem is if that all of those one shots are on this carnival again. Like I only have yeah, a problem exactly. with this carnival aspect or that I only see on the cover. If that is really yeah. the full focus of this book. I don't like this book. If that's just the cover and that's the first adventure of a campaign or the first one-shot of a series of one-shots, that's completely fine for me. That's okay. That's something you can use. That's something, okay, cool, you have this carnival one-shot, but after that you go into... Um, the magical mysteries of all the fairy yeah, world. Yeah, going there. to one of the courts <laughs> of the Archface or of the Fairy Queen, um, saving a dryad from some sort of corruption those are all interesting stories you can tell but if i only have this carnival story i can tell with that book that's not enough stories i can tell exactly um so let me ask you a question what do you like personally more playing um one a collection of one shots or a campaign 
Well, it, either as a as a DM or as a player. Um, I love in both scenarios of being a player or a DM. I like campaigns more. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. I don't like one shots because I do like one shots. I think that both of them do s- several big things completely differently, which means they need to be looked at somewhat differently as well. You can't just compare the two easily. So, yeah, I would, I I like campaigns more. If someone tells me we are playing a campaign, I am ready instantly. I'm signing up for that because I love long adventures, long storylines where you really get to actually play something. Because in a one-shot, surprise, surprise, you try to stay in, let's say, the four-hour time frame you normally have for one-shots. You normally have for sessions in D&D or any TTRPG. Maybe you make it a two-shot. That's still fine. That's still a one-shot for me, or at least falls under that category. But you don't have much time to develop a character there. You don't have much time to play out all the aspects of a player's personality of a character's personality. That's only mm. something you can do in a campaign, and that's something I like to do. And basically, also change things in a um, in a one shot. You are way more set on what you should do. Like um, what I want to say is pa- pacing is important for both. But one-shots yep. do it completely differently than campaigns. So, Obviously. throwing that right back at you, do you like one-shots more or campaigns? Uh, depending on the context, but in general, I like campaigns more because I think I have the ability to do more or different stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I'm playing with a lot of new players, I like one-shots a little more. Because it is a compressed and condensed way of getting or trying to get every or every important rule across to the um, players in a condensed time and uh, space Mm -hmm. and giving the new players the ability to um, see how this game is going to work and then after that starting in a longer campaign with a longer commitment because one shots don't have that much of a commitment thing going on as campaigns do. Obviously, a lot of campaigns also start from one-shots, right? Um, Obviously. But uh, that's still okay, because one-shots are, as you said, great introductionary adventures. You can greatly... uh, with Like, one-shots are good to introduce new players to the game, show them how it's done. Um, Because one-shots, as I said, do pacing very well. Because one-shots are short when you look at campaigns as the comparable other. Um, One-shots are supposed to be one-time play. You meet up for four hours and you're done after. So pacing is important. You need to have the right pacing. A one-shot starts somewhere and you need to get to the end before the time is over. In a campaign, that doesn't matter, right? You have have to start somewhere and you have to get to from A to B but if you stop in the middle of that journey, you can just pick up there next week or something, or like the next two weeks, whatever. You can pick there up again. For one shot, that might not even be possible. Like if you have a player that's very has a very tight schedule, 
and they basically take four hours out of their schedule away to play with you, you need to finish in those four hours because they might not be able to play for the next three months again. So Exactly, and that would destroy the whole immersion yeah. thing. Yeah, so... What, what would be possible in some ways is if you um, miscalculated how much there would be and you all have a weekend to spare... You can meet up on Saturday, start, and see, oh, uh, we are not going to finish anytime soon. So let's just break it off here and take up the thing tomorrow. Yeah. If everything has, again, everybody has time. That would be still considered a one-shot yeah, for me as well. Yeah, you, well, if, if I, I consider one-shot everything that's basically just one adventure. One A to B yeah. finish. Even if that takes three sessions, but a campaign is something that really is a, a lot of more storytelling while a one shot is yeah. like I think one, one shot is basically just one quest yes um, and a campaign is several or even um, uh, words several uh, quests to, uh, sometimes building up on each other mm-hmm. or up mm-hmm. to each other and mm-hmm. leading to different quest yeah. lines yeah, yeah. it's one overarching quest that can be broken down into several others um, exactly but the thing is a one-shot does not leave a lot of room for, let's say, like you can obviously play, uh, still have inter-character roleplay and a lot of roleplay, but a one-shot does not leave time to do nothing. If you, as a group at a one-shot, sit one hour in a tavern, that's one hour down. In a campaign, that's totally fine because you don't have this we need to finish before the time runs out because basically you all signed up for a longer experience of maybe uh, ev- a session every week on Saturdays. Then it doesn't matter if you one session only do uh, tavern stuff because next session you can still do the quest you were supposed to do. That's yes, You can even fine. just sit there and pl- uh, play a tavern thing, mm-hmm. like role play everything in the tavern you want for six hours, like you were sitting six hours in a tavern. That would be totally fine in a campaign. Yeah. In a one-shot, difficult. Yeah, that's that's totally right. Um, so one-shots are do one-shots do do pacing very well, but because of that, you don't have a lot of character development. And also, yes, most people I play with one like I do a lot of one-shots with my friends. We have our D and D campaigns because we like D and D, but when we play one-shots, we play different systems. They come to the table with the expectations, expectation of learning that system, playing that system for fun, rolling dice, having combat, having some interaction, but never really for like having their character develop into something. They don't come to the yeah. table with a tragic backstory that of a fighter that's parents have been killed and he needs to avenge them. I don't want that in a one shot. I don't want you in a one shot to come to me with a backstory and tell me give me a five-page backstory about, hey, this is my character now. And I'm like, okay, cool, but you know that that's never gonna become up in the one-shot, right? Except maybe as a motivation for you to go in the one-shot for like five minutes maximum. But that's it. In a campaign, if you have me a five-page backstory, you're gonna bet your ass I'm gonna use everything of that to develop your character with you. That's what's Mm -hmm. supposed to happen. Um... So um, uh, something something similar happened uh, in our Witcher one shot. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, we were a lot of pe- uh, a lot of people. I think six, six, six we players. Were six, yes. Yeah. Um, 
and nobody nobody really had a backstory just some minor things why they would go there obviously mm -hmm. because you need some sort of motivation um but we were all expecting okay after this evening it's all done we just need the motivation and let's get on with it but then we turned it into a, or emil turned it into some sort of mini campaign which now is awesome and some some bits and bobs here and there are sprinkled in Yeah, yeah, obviously. Now now you develop your character backstory more and more through play and what you want to do. And that's fine. Again, a lot of one-shots turn into campaigns and that's totally fine. But don't expect people to come to, as a DM, don't expect people to come to a one-shot having a backstory or a character that's really interesting. If, if I come to, if I'm asked, hey, do you want to play a one-shot in D&D? I'm going there with a fighter, champion, just to hit stuff. I don't have an explanation on why I have this fighter now or or why this fighter is doing anything. I don't have anything, really. I just have a character sheet with mechanics on it to play. And all of the interactions in the game, I can make up. I can totally improv that. I don't need a backstory for that. I can just play a rugged fighter for fun. That might be boring for a campaign because um, it's maybe... For a campaign, you need character development to make it interesting you, you don't in the long need run. it you, but it's what a campaign can do with your character right yes it's yes it's something a one-shot can't for you so campaigns do really well in like pacing is something both do well but completely differently because i heard someone say once one shots are basically you have you can only have three things a combat encounter a social encounter an investigative encounter and after that that's it Because a combat encounter, combat takes in D&D around... Let's, let's take D&D as an example, but this is mostly applicable to all systems. Combat sometimes can be a drag and sometimes takes long. Maybe it doesn't in your case, then you can do two combats, right? But you don't have much time to do a lot of stuff. Like if you have a dungeon, that dungeon can't be a mega dungeon with like 100 rooms because your players might take might need... Five minutes per room. With 100 rooms, that's 500 minutes. That's a lot. Yes. That's nearly 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, there isn't anything in between those things anymore. Yeah. And a 10-hour one-shot is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, It is, so, mm. what are other things campaigns do really well, in your opinion, next to pacing in their way and character development? I think what campaigns do well is um, hiding secrets, uh -huh. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. you, can plot, um, you can plot plots or schemes behind the scenes that just give you a twist at the end. Yeah. But they need to develop over a longer period of time. Again, you, you, you as a DM have time. You as a character, as a player, you have time yeah. in a campaign. You can age your stories and backstabbings and political intrigue mm -hmm. or everything else like a good wine or a good whiskey. Mm, exactly. You need some time to develop it. Yeah, you, 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 and you got the time then and can then turn it around and stab your players in the yeah. back with it. Like you can do that in a one shot as well. Like you can introduce the quest giver as this general of the army and he sends the players on a quest and when they finish that quest they realize 
the general was the big bad evil guy of that one shot and now they have to fight him that's that that's also some sort of the specter but that doesn't really take time right you you have this in yeah. the one shot that's fine but in a campaign what makes it really you can you can really develop and uh, cherish this because you have the time to plan you have the time to to do certain things that just can't fit in a one shot yeah and what i like about uh, campaigns and having the time is you can create somewhat of a bond between an npc which will later turn evil mm, yeah. or become corrupted or something and um but build a friendly bond between this npc and the party first which then comes as a total shock or you can slowly see the mental downfall of that npc which makes it that mu uh, that much more harder if they try everything they can to stop it but it won't work mm, I, i get that i get that in a campaign you're that much more emotionally invested i think as a player and as a dm, a DM because you uh, learn to love all the characters or nearly all of the char characters your players play yeah i uh, for the npcs you also have time to develop those again right you have time to actually make npcs because when i play one shots yes. I don't have really any... Like, I have NPCs, right? They have a name, they uh, have looks, they look certain ways, but I mostly use stereotypes for NPCs in one-shots. Mm -hmm. That makes it easy for my players to understand what their role is, so they don't have... Like, you don't... You, you can't create bonds with NPCs in a one-shot, really. You, you just can't. No. They can be interesting, obviously, but... There isn't something like a connection that, that your players have because they maybe meet them once or maybe twice, and that's it. There is no real connection. They, these, this NPC might be able to save a player character, and the, the player character might be thanking them for that, but really, that's still not a connection, right? In a campaign, you can introduce this character in session three, and they're gonna be with the party till session 100, and they are close friends. They come over to dinner. They are... Friends, maybe they even are a love interest of one of the player characters. That's interesting. In a one-shot, that just can't really happen. So, like you again, you have time to 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 build this. You have time to create this. And in a one-shot, I use just stereotypes. This is a savior, protector, fighter type of dude. He is nice. He is protective the knight in shining armor yes exactly or you have the damsel in distress which doesn't have to be a damsel right it could also be a dude in distress or an envy in distress yeah. right doesn't matter you have someone in sure. distress you can have the barkeeper that has information for them they have names and faces yes but honestly they are still just but no npcs backstory yeah exactly they are npcs your it's players just, can use uh, it's just a hole a hole where you can sprinkle your plot points in within the one shot mm -hmm. without ha needing to yeah. have a fully fleshed out character for that NPC. Again, to, uh, circling back to the pacing with that, what you just said is everything in a one shot I do is to move the story forward. Now, I also do exactly. that in campaigns, right? But in a one shot, I basically, this NPC does not have any rumors that might open up a side quest because a side quest takes time and i don't need that time taken away from me i have 
Like, this NPC is only there to give my players the information they need for their main quest in that one-shot. Maybe he can tell them his wife is sick, right? But I don't want my players to then say, okay, let's go uh, um, get some herbs for you so your wife survives. I don't want them to do that. So yeah. this NPC is just a hull that I can put the story points in so my players can move the story forward with that. In a campaign, I can introduce that NPC that has a sick wife that needs taken care of and needs meds. That's doable because in a campaign, again, I have the time to do that. My players can, on their journey, uh, when they venture out to kill the wolves in the woods, they can also find the special flower they need for those meds. That's something I can do. But in a one-shot, that flower just doesn't exist. That sick wife doesn't exist. There is no story about that because that would take time away if my players chose to go that route. Yeah. And uh, we, we talked a lot about uh, what one-shots and campaigns do well and what one-shots lack in, lack in some ways. What do campaigns do not so well, um, in your opinion? I in comparison to a one-shot. I think, uh, obviously, versatility. Um, I mm -hmm. use one-shots normally as ways to introduce new systems. I have, like, I hear a lot of people say I only play D&D 5th edition, I only play Pathfinder 1st edition. I'm like, why? Why do you have a problem with trying new systems? I can understand if you have reasons for it, like you don't want to spend money on the hobby, you don't want to buy new books, or you just are set with that. That's totally fine. But I'm like, I love trying out new mechanics, new worlds, new systems. I love finding new systems I can use, right? Mm. Like I can use these systems to introduce new mechanics to my players and myself. I can create interesting new stories in those systems that might not fit the medieval fantasy style D&D does or Pathfinder does and what those systems are best to create, right? D&D is not a one-for-all, one-size-fits-all is not true for any system. Some systems do other things better and I can use these systems. So what I use one-shots for is to expand my horizon on systems. So when I want to play mm -hmm. a new campaign and think to myself, well, now I want to play a mecha campaign, a futuristic campaign where you have to fight kaijus like in uh, Pacific Rim, right? Yes. I am not going to do that in D&D 5e or Pathfinder. Like, yes, yeah. maybe there is homebrew <clears throat> for that. And that's totally fine if people want to play that. That's something you need to keep in mind. Some people like that. That's okay. Yeah, but I'm not but that person. Why not expand your horizon and see what other system or how other systems do it and maybe even like that? Yeah. And then just play um, it in this system. So what I mostly do for one-shots is if I play one-shots right now, they are never D&D &D or The Dark Eye, which is my second system I use normally for campaigns. Mm -hmm. They j yes. It just isn't because, well, those systems are good. But I want to play something different. I want to have a new experience. That can be quite daunting, right? You have to read a new system for every one shot. But I do these one shots like one every two months or three. So mm -hmm. what also is good is you can play test systems. Like everyone, if you are interested in new systems, 
look for people that are act actively looking for playtesters in forums, on Twitter, on Instagram, or wherever you can find those people. They yeah, will like we did with travel not advised. Yeah, or I'm or we are doing with the new uh, um, Hell of a Boss uh, TTRPG created by Penguin yeah. Uncle on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. That's amazing. Uh, you can help people test their systems out. They're indie systems. You don't have to play big published systems for that. You can play everything. Um, f just find something you would find interesting and do it. That's what I do with one-shots. I find something I find very interesting to play with and then I use it to create that. And yeah. Yeah, and then I find some things for my campaign. Even if my campaigns stay D&D, I might find rules in those systems that I can adapt as homebrew rules. Like a system that has some sort of new death save system. And I like that more than D&D's death save system. I might be implementing that for my games because it's more fun for the players. Um, also, since one-shots um, are... Uh, things that um, are very different to campaigns as we already talked about they bring a lot of new experiences to players yeah what I like to do in a one shot is think about crazy class and character yes. combinations and then try those out even as a DM I if I find something homebrewed online and I'm not sure how, uh, how it is balanced I just throw it at my players in a one shot mm -hmm. to see if it works, how well it works, and stuff like that, how I would like to play it, and stuff like that. Huh? That's what um, one-shots do incredibly well as well. Yeah. I think. Like, like one-shots can give you so many new cool experiences in the game itself, whatever game you're playing. You can, because in one-shots, people are less, like we said, inclined to play a character and more inclined to play a game. Like if you, if, this may sound weird, but if you play a campaign, you want your characters, you want your players to roleplay. You want your players to play their character well. But in the one shot, you just want them to have fun. Like you have want to have them to have fun at the, at the in a campaign, right? Too, but a different way of having fun. Um, yeah, at least for less me. of a storytelling way. Yeah, but more in a mechanical sense. Yeah, I think I also enjoy them telling funky stories like I've had one shots when all my players were playing kobolds and uh, that's also a fun story right it has nothing to do with mechanics but with a fun story they yeah, want to I, tell uh, what I meant was uh, like emotionally deep yeah 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 brooding you don't have stories. time for that again you don't have exactly. the time so you have to play uh, more different ideas more funky characters which is perfect um, I love it I love it if you come with a crazy idea to me for one shot like if you come to my table for a campaign with a crazy one idea that you and I won't enjoy six sessions later, I'm just going to deny you that request. Not because I hate you or that idea, but because I know it will take your fun away. Like, I'm not, mm. not going to deny it outright. I'm going to tell each player, hey, do you really want to do this? This, Do you really want to play this? Like, playing a rogue with a dex of, of, of like six... I can understand the fun in that. I can understand the fun in that, but honestly, for a campaign, you will feel kind of more useless than the rest. You need to find different ways. Again, it's totally fine to play a rogue that's not high in decks. That's 
uh, totally fine. But yeah. honestly, um, that's like I'm not saying don't play characters with unoptimized stats. That's important. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I want you to have fun at my table, and I'm gonna tell you if I think if I think that that might not be an option to have fun at my table right now. If if you're if you are still going through with that, I'm gonna support you. But honestly, if all of the other players are optimizing and you are not unoptimizing, but basically going the route of having a bad character for funsies, I don't know if you still have fun after six sessions. I want you to have fun for at least the first half year of the campaign. I want you to have yes. fun for a long time with that character. And if I feel like you only have this character for for one-time fun experience, then I'm going to ask you to look at it and really think this through of going with that character. Because I can understand changing characters in campaigns. That's something campaigns can also do. You can change characters. You can't do that in one-shots. But, like, ha mm. I want you to have fun for a long time. And if I feel like you have not thought about that, I'm gonna ask you if you really think that's the case with that build, that character. I want you to have fun, and if I think that that might not be the case in six sessions, I am gonna ask you if that if that's what you really want. If you want that, I will support you the whole way through. But I'm also gonna play my campaign. If you play a rogue with uh, shitty decks, and then realize after six sessions that that campaign requires a rogue with a good decks, I more or less told you that I gave you the expectation yeah. of this might not be fun for you after a few sessions think this through if you go through with that I'm just able to say I want you, do you want to change character? I'm always gonna have that option open for you that's always a discussion you can have with me as a DM but honestly I told you so We, I managed your expectations you chose to ignore that well i told you so it, it, it sounds bad when i'm saying this but trust me i don't want you to, uh, i don't want to shoot down ideas that could be fun to play i just don't want yeah. you to choose ideas that not ensure your fun and regarding that not making choices uh, which lead to a, an unfun experience what do you Think you have to keep in mind when designing a campaign exactly what i just told you <laughs> um this uh you have to keep in mind that you have to ensure fun for a long time you you mm -hmm. have to ensure that you have to ensure that all your players are fine with playing for a long time um you have to ensure that there is a progression right in a one shot you don't really need a progression you need to go from a to b and fight some stuff or investigate some stuff but in the campaign your characters or players really need to feel like they have uh, a progression from they they are um let's say rising the ranks of adventurers they are becoming heroes they don't even have to become heroes right they just need to have some sort of progression even. your campaign isn't yeah. something you can hold like you can't have a campaign that's them doing like six months of only killing these sheep on the farm first level uh, uh, World of Warcraft quests. That's yeah. not what you can do. You can't do that. So, with that, is there something I missed in your opinion? 
for campaigns? Um, I think um, not really, but adding a little detail to it, having the bigger picture in mind is important because um, you need to know when to put in some backstory things or backstory hooks or NPCs in the uh, from the backstories or NPCs they met before, which they may, might not remember or something like that. So you have to keep in mind the bigger picture mm-hmm. that you want to or where you want to campaign to go instead of the one shot where you exactly know this, that, done. Uh-huh, okay, yeah. Yeah, obviously you need some level of uh, detail and... Uh, yeah, ensuring again that the campaign is actually playable for a long time. Yeah. So, coming to one-shots, what's something important to keep in mind there? Um, I think you need to keep in mind how long an encounter is going to be and how long the playing session is going to be, or as planned to be. As per usual, you don't, uh, or you cannot say exactly how long it will go. Because they do, uh, players do shit here, players do shit there, and something like that. Yeah. Or the combat drags, or something like that. But you have to keep in mind how long you plan for each encounter, and for the time between those encounters. What do you? Uh, how long do you plan for that? And you basically need stat blocks for everything. I think uh-huh. in, in in a one shot in comparison to a campaign. In a campaign, when you uh, when they suddenly fight something, you don't have a stat block for you can say, "All right, we end the session right there if the time limit or the time limit of the session is reached," and say we pick up there next week, which you cannot do in a one shot. So you have to be prepared a lot more for stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you, 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 well, again, this is something that could be taken out of context. You don't need to be prepared for a one shot, but you need to yeah. you need to think about that this one shot is supposed to end at that time exactly so you need to find an ending there an ending could be that the monster the the players now face isn't just some sort of evil bandit but now a dragon that has eaten the bandits and then you can you can stop there boom yeah the players die because they are level two and fight the dragon it's it's okay that's okay um what you um the big difference for me in both is in a one-shot, like we already told, you need to touch everything of a game. You need to touch... Like, if it's a new system or even D&D in general, you need to touch every aspect of the game so every player that has a different character, like you, when you have a fighter and you don't have a combat, that player might feel a bit useless because they made a character made for combat. I'm not talking about the class fighter, but talking about someone that actually fights. That could also be a rogue or even a barbarian. Or a barbarian, um, yeah. A paladin, too. But um, then you also Monks. need uh, maybe a social encounter for those that actually want to have social encounters, like sorcerers, bards, rogues again. Um, Warlocks. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. You need to have... You need to touch every aspect of the game, so every player, or at least you have to touch every aspect of the characters. You need to give every character a moment where they can shine in a one-shot, because if they don't shine in a one-shot once, they might be having a feeling of being left out. They might have be if, have a feeling of, this game is not fun for me because I'm getting ignored, and that's not what you want, right? You don't want players to feel excluded or ignored. 
because exactly. that could destroy the whole experience of those games completely for them. If that's their first time playing and they get ignored, they might never come back to the tables. Yeah, but in a campaign you have time for that, so yeah. you don't need uh, to uh, have a moment to shine for every character in your party. Mm-hmm. So you can say, um, or you can plan a session like today. You are the spot. You are in the spotlight. Nearly yeah. everything we have planned for today is in your wheelhouse. Exactly. Do what you got to do, and in the next one, um, the story leads to something where the, for example, the rogue is. Uh, very important for um, a jailbreak. You need to pick locks. You need to be sneaky. The paladin can't do that, but the rogue can. So, or you have a big fight coming up, mm-hmm. or a uh, arena fight, and now you can send in your level ten f- uh, champion fighter, or level ten barbarian, or something like that, to have them be in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, there's also a saying. Um, I live vicariously through you, which <laughs> um, is a f- famous quote wherever, right? It's fun. Um, basically, just meaning, right, if a character in a campaign just has no... Sp- like this jailbreak, right? The paladin it might be a better option to just let the paladin not go in that jail for several reasons. Maybe they are also not part of not not on board with the idea of jailbreaking and secondly they can't sneak so they don't go there that could mean that they however have very little time in the spotlight that session but the player can still have fun looking at the rogue do stuff like they could they can still be in the moment with them they can have fun just looking at them play in a one shot, that also works. Obviously, you also have players that might enjoy it more actually looking at, at watching others play. That's why campaigns that really roll actually work because people li- like to watch those people play. But exactly, um, the thing is, in a one shot, you need to have everyone have their spotlight because if they don't have it, they never got it. They never get it after that. There is no spotlight yeah, they have after no that. Chance. Together. Yeah. yeah, and that's the problem. Um, and this is why I, when I design a one-shot, also tell my players um, what to expect of this game. If, if, For example, for my Cyberpunk one-shot, I told them this is gonna be you breaking into some security facility, getting something, and then fleeing. You need to make a plan on how to get in, you need to survive inside, and you need to get out, and then you need to get away. Four parts, Make characters that actually work in that setting, so you have fun. I uh, then th- then I got I got mercenaries, hackers, and um, a stealth expert or something. Those yeah. three do jobs very well because first, okay, I'm a mercenary. I am the one making the plan. Okay, we steal a vehicle, take that over, drive that into the building. Now we're inside. Our hacker gets to the next terminal and hacks the cameras disabling them and getting our stealther to that room where we need to steal from. The stealther then gets that thing unnoticed. Then we use the distraction that uh, makes an alarm and boom, we can get out in the commotion. That's what they did. And it worked. And then they had to get away through a long chase scene through the streets of Night City. 
that's also cool, right? But they all had something to do. They all had their spotlight. And that's because I told them what the adventure is going to be. Either when you have a one-shot already planned and get then get players that make characters, tell them what the one-shot is about. Not spoiler the game, right? You don't have to say you will fight this creature, so prepare for that fight. But you can tell them this is going to be a stealth operation. So then they can create characters with that in mind. Or let them create characters and create a one-shot specific for those characters. Yeah, and in a campaign you don't have to differentiate between those two options. Mm. You can uh, plan something of a campaign, get the characters then, uh, because you don't have to cater everything in the first session. Yes. You can start with something, and some player might have a spotlight in there, or they are all shit at it. It can be, and it is fine because there are multiple other possibilities where they can shine where they can prove how strong and how heroic they are again it's also very fun to have everyone at the par in the party be shit at something and do that thing. oh yeah that's also just failing seeing each other fail yes, is a lot of fun that's sometimes a lot of fun but if there's one person good at it and the rest is just failing and that then you need moments where that character fails and the others are good at You, need, you always need to find a yep. balance. If you have a, a full section where everyone is bad, that's that's fine. You don't need someone that's good at it. But if you have someone that's good at it, you need those that character to be bad somewhere else because then it feels like they, they are the main character and the rest is supporting cast, which is not true in a TTRPG. You always are equal as players. You always are equal. Yes. Huh? And again, a campaign, like we said, can do that very differently. And especially be because of development in the campaign, which isn't in the one-shot there, which, which is not there in the one-shot, you have development. You can create um, scenarios at the beginning where the characters are shit at, but then get better. Yeah, and time. there we have the character development yeah. aspect of it. Especially the mechanical can... development this time. Yeah, exactly, because you have a progression of not just um, your character or your backstory, but in levels, for example, in, uh, like in D&D, you have class and uh, developments. Mm -hmm. Like the, the monk will always be unbested um, in a one-on-one -on -one combat nearly every time. If you put them in a fighting pit, if they are not coming up against another monk, they probably will have their spotlight there. And, you, and even if they fail, they have a new opportunity to get redemption because they can progress and get stronger, like training, like a training arc, basically. Yeah. That's something you can do as well. That's always fun. Yeah. Like a little training Rocky montage, <laughs> but <laughs> stretched cool. over ten episodes for each character a little bit. If they maybe even they split up the whole party. Yeah. Yay, yeah. but you can do little training montages for them, little challenges, and then they can advance some levels and then come back and beat the shit out of the challenge they didn't uh -huh. succumb uh -huh. the last time. Okay, yeah. Um, to summarize all of this, what we just talked about quickly, um, what would you say is are the big differences between a campaign and a one-shot? Uh, in a campaign, you have time to develop your storylines or story arcs. In a one-shot, you do not. But in a one-shot, you have the opportunity to create interesting or fun character concepts, character ideas, and test out new things, which is a little bit impractical in a campaign because you have a long-term commitment in, uh, in 
difference to the one shot. Uh, you need to keep those things in mind as well, because in a one shot you have a limited time frame which you need to keep inside of. In a campaign, you can you need to have the overarching story in mind. To uh, to uh, you have to keep it in mind and detail it around, so you can have a lot of fun over a long period of time. Yeah, that's about it, right? Yeah, I think something like mm -hmm. it. We are a little chaotic. We talk a lot of stuff. But I think that summarizes that's it That's basically the well. summarization. Yes, yes. That's good. Um, so, everyone, this is the end of our episode. Um, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DoubleDMPod. Um, we have a giveaway up that's still running to the 25th of June. You can still participate in that if you want to. Um, we have a Discord server you can join if you want to guest on one of these episodes. We have a lot of people there already that may, might sometimes discuss stuff with us and it's fun. We have a little few friends. We also have a world building panel coming up on the 26th of June on the Twitch channel of Steam Sage, which is, um, we, this channel is www.twitch.tv slash steamsage1 There we will have a world building panel. None of us too will be on that panel but we will have people like Marka the DM from Check These Out, a ghost of Eli from Mayday Roleplay, Sage Steam, Steam Sage, the, our host, Titano, Titano Mackie RPG from Twitter, Tracken, Ewan Tracken from uh, Lost and Transmute and Never Not DM from Twitter, um, all great faces of the TTRPG community on Twitter, all great world builders in their own right. And yeah, let's, uh, and hopefully we will see you there in chat asking questions about world building. You can, yeah. uh, this panel is hosted by us on Sage's channel and will be available in podcast form after a few days of editing time for us. Then you can listen to Why Your World Matters, a GTRPG world building panel, also on your devices. But on the 26th of June at 5 p.m. EST, you can turn into that panel live, ask questions in chat, and yeah, for two hours, learn a lot of new stuff of, for world building. The focus of that panel is, and I need to highlight this, is not to show you the right way of world building. There is no right or wrong way. This panel is supposed to say this every way of creating a world, no matter how you do it, is valid because it's yours. Yeah. You are they may... valid yeah. in creating. Definitely. Do what you want and we have five people plus a host talking about why you are valid. Why your opinion and your world is valid. So... And may maybe explaining how they do it and why they are doing it the way they are doing it. Yes. If I remember correctly. Yes, like our inspiration episodes, uh, they will talk exactly. about how they do it and you guys should evaluate how, what you can draw from that for your own way. And even if you disagree with all of them, then you still have your opinion. And that's the one that matters. What we always say is make your own opinion, right? You need to have mm -hmm. your own opinion on things. Even if it disagrees with everyone you hear you hear from, it's yours. And it's valid because it's your opinion. So, 
Thanks for listening. We will hear you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.